Good evening, Church. Today's scripture reading is taken from Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that it, he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with towel and peach. Then she packed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and get the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. This is the word of God. Thank you, Stephanie, for reading for us. Shall we just bow our heads as we come to the Lord in prayer? Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for today that, Lord, we are able to gather here in your house to listen to your word. We pray, Father, that as we end this year, Lord, may your word continue to speak to us, challenge us, motivate us, so that we can look forward to the new year in 2024. We pray all this in the name of your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, the narrative that was written by Stephanie today is a rather familiar story. It is a narrative that tells of an ominous setting. If you go to Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, it records here these very words. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Apparently, there's a new change in leadership within the nation. There's a new administration that was in power. And this was not good news for the Jewish people. Why? Because you find that this new king did not know about who Joseph was and what he had done for them many years before. But more grim than this was the fact that this Pharaoh did not even know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And if you continue to read Exodus chapter 1, you find that in this chapter, the Hebrew people were growing in numbers. And they were growing so much that the Egyptians became fearful. They were fearful because they, 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 they were concerned that the Hebrew people would, might end up as a threat to them in the future. And so what did the Egyptians do? We are told that they took upon themselves to make the Israelites their slaves. 
resulting in them becoming even more bitter than before. And then this didn't stop there. To stop the increase in the population, Pharaoh further issued this order that every Jewish male that was born was to be exterminated. So meaning to say all our Declans, all our Michelle, all our may be born, we cannot see them. They will be gone. It's indeed sad, isn't it? When the world sees children, don't see, rather, when the world don't see children as a blessing, but they see them as a threat of life by disposing them. Truly, this was an ominous setting. But you know, in the midst of this tragic setting, we have this beautiful story here of a Jewish family and the birth of a child. We are told now as we move on to chapter 2 that a Levite woman by the name of Jochebed gave birth to a healthy baby boy. Oh no, what's going to happen? And aware of Pharaoh's order in order to save her child, Jochebed did what every mother would do. She hid her baby boy in a basket. Now, it's interesting to note here that the word basket is the literal Hebrew word for the word ark. And we know the word ark comes from Noah's ark. In other words, Jochebed placed her son named Moses in an ark and let him go as it sails down the river now. Now, if you are parent, you probably understand the difficulty in wanting to let your children go. You know, how is it, isn't it? Yeah? You know, when they're of age, you know, when they're young, you take care of them, you look after them, but when they're of age, they started schooling, oh, you know, you feel so hard to let them go to school. And then what's worse, you know, if you have a boy, you know, and, and the son grows up, 18 years old, what happens? Boys, 18 years old, where do you go? National service. Yeah, your parents will, your, your parents will feel, oh, so difficult to let go. And then further, after this, you know, uh, uh, when, when you want to go overseas for further studies, again, it's so difficult to let go. And then come to the stage where you prepare to get married, you have to see, they have to see you walking down the house. Again, all these things are very difficult. Letting go, the act of letting go is often a struggle. And in our mind, we would be thinking, what will happen along the way? And I believe... This was what Jochebed's, was in Jochebed's mind. She must have certainly feared the worst. You know, especially when you read in the passage that Moses ended up in the very place where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. Oh no, we might say, this is the end of the boy. But as the passage continues to tell us, there was a pleasant surprise. Because as Pharaoh's daughter opened up the basket, she sees a child crying, and immediately, verse 6 tells us that she took pity on him. Pharaoh's daughter took pity on him. Now, I want you to pause and reflect on this verse for a moment. You see, being the daughter of Pharaoh, she would certainly have known of a father's edict concerning every baby boy born to the Jews. And yet we find that it was recorded here that she recognized, the moment she opened the basket, she recognized that Moses was one of the Hebrews' children. It says here in verse 6. And realizing that he was one of the Hebrews' children, instead of giving him up to Pharaoh to be exterminated, to be killed, we are told that Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on him. It means simply that Pharaoh's daughter 
blatantly went against her father's words. And today as we reflect on this passage, as we meditate on this ominous setting and the birth of Moses, I want to briefly share with us three lessons that we can pick up as we approach 2024. And the first lesson is simply this, that God has a purpose. Tell your neighbor that God has a purpose for you. You reply back, God has a purpose for you also. How do we know God has a purpose? Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So this is the first lesson. God has a plan for human history. God has a plan for our lives as well. But sometimes we don't like the plan, isn't it? But nevertheless, this is a plan that it is good. God tells us that it is a plan for your welfare, not for evil. It's a plan to give you a future and a hope. And what was God's purpose? What was God's plan for Moses? Not to be a doctor, not to be a lawyer, but God's plan for Moses was to be his deliverer for his chosen people to bring his people out of bondage from Egypt. Moses may not like the plan, but nevertheless, it is a plan, it is a purpose that God has for him. So that's the first lesson. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Lesson number two is this. To accomplish his purpose, God uses people. And sometimes he uses very unlikely people. And as you think about the Gospels, you know, if you read over Christmas, you know, think of Joseph. Think of how he had this dream and how he was called to be the earthly father of God's only son. Think of the passage today of how God used of all people Pharaoh's daughter to save Moses. Think of your own life. Was there unlikely people who came to help you? Or maybe think of yourself. Maybe God is using you today for His purpose and His plan for someone else. So don't be surprised that sometimes even the small decision that you make may become part of God's overall plan. So that's lesson number two. Lesson number one, God has a plan, a purpose for you. Lesson number two, God uses unlikely people for His purpose. And lesson number three is that God's purpose will always be fulfilled. Amen. Whatever He plans for you, it will always be fulfilled. It will always come to pass. Now we look again in the passage, we see that it appears that though the pharaohs of the world, they do seem to me have complete power and control, but the fact still remains that they will not prevail forever. It may not look, it may not, it may look as though there is no hope against the evil, the wickedness, or the greed that is happening around the world. But church, listen to this. God will not content to allow them to thwart His plans and His purposes so easily. And the story of the birth of Moses here is a case in point. If you think about this, Moses could have drowned somewhere along the river now, isn't it? You know, some crocodiles may come and, 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 and find the, the basket instead of Pharaoh's daughter, and the crocodile may, may, may have eaten Moses. Or, they, he, or, or, or the basket could have overturned and Moses could have simply drowned. 
Or perhaps even, you know, it could not be that Pharaoh's daughter who found it. It could be someone else. And this person may know about Pharaoh's edict and then brought Moses to, 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 to be killed. A less compassionate individual would have sealed Moses' doom. So lesson number three here is this. God's plan for you is one that will always be fulfilled. Again, what was Moses' purpose? He was brought into this world. He was saved for a purpose. And the purpose was this, that he was to lead God's people out of Egypt into the promised land of milk and honey. And nothing was going to stop this, not even the devil himself. And so as we consider this story, I want to share with you that there is a couple of similarities between the story of Moses and us. You see, the first first similarity is this. For those of you who are baptized today, I want you to know that you are safe, you are baptized today for a purpose. And let me just say, it's not only for you, it's for the rest of us as well. We are here today worshipping God because all of us, we have been baptized We have been saved, and because of this, we all also have a purpose. Whereas Moses' purpose was to deliver the people of God from bondage into the promised land, what is our purpose? Our purpose in this life is to deliver those in darkness into the kingdom of God. So simply put, your purpose and my purpose is to fulfill the church vision and mission of being a disciple and a disciple maker. And let me stress that this emphasis is even greater right now, today. Why do I say this? Why do I say that the emphasis for us to reach out to this world who doesn't know God is so great right now is because when you look with me to Matthew 24, we find in this chapter, Jesus warns that there will be a time where wars Famines and earthquakes will be a common phenomenon everywhere. And if you think about this, isn't this occurring in our world today? Aren't we hearing wars in the news practically every day? We hear of the continuous Ukraine and Russia war. A couple of months back, we have the Israel and Hamas war. There's the ever-going tension in the Korean Peninsula. We read of China asserting her power. And then not to mention, there's the increase in natural disasters, isn't it? 20, 30 years ago, you don't keep hearing of earthquakes and and, and tsunamis. But nowadays, you keep hearing news of these natural disasters. And of course, not to mention the rise of lawlessness that is going on in our world today. So if you think that Moses' world was gloomy, Moses' world was grim, Our world is equally bad, if not worse. So that's the second similarity. God has a first, firstly, God has a purpose for Moses. God has a purpose for us. The world that Moses lived in was dark and gloomy. The world that we are living in is no different. But it's important, therefore, that we need to, and we not, that we not miss what Jesus is alluding to us here in Matthew 24. You see, when Jesus tells us that there will be wars and, so, and, 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 and all this thing that is going on, what Jesus is trying to tell us is simply this. He's pointing to us that all these are signs 
that points to his second coming. In other words, Jesus is coming again. He is coming soon. We, I believe that we are living in the last days. When will he come? When will this last day come? Again, the Bible tells us in Matthew 24. No one knows except the Father. Even Jesus himself doesn't know. But I believe that when we see this signs that's happening in our world today, Jesus is coming again. And because Jesus is coming again, the warning for us here from Jesus is that he doesn't want you and I to be caught unprepared. So the question for us is this, are we prepared for His coming? Are we prepared for His coming again? And so, as we move into this new year in 2024, I sense that as I prayed and seek the Lord, the theme that God wants us, for all of us and all saints, the theme for us in 2024 is for you and I to be ready. And the season of Advent that we just ended was a great start to get us ready and prepared. Because as you know, the season of Advent, as we've been talking so much, is a preparation for us to welcome back Jesus as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we want to follow this up as we enter into this new year. So what then does it mean for us to be ready? I believe to be ready for Christ's second coming implies two things. Firstly, you and I, we must live right. And what do I mean by living right? I simply means, it simply means that we need to change our wrong attitudes, our bad habits, our sinful lifestyle. It simply means that we must be more serious in our walk with God. If we have not been diligently reading the Word of God, it's important that as we start the new year, we begin to do so. If we have been distracted by other things and chose not to come to church on a regular basis, it's time for us to change this bad habit and this wrong attitudes. Because why? Jesus is coming again and we need to be ready for His second coming. Secondly, I believe to be ready also means that you and I, we must live obediently. Live obediently to what? Live obediently to the Word of God. And especially in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. You see, our purpose, God doesn't save us for the purpose of just, you know, that, oh, God save you, you're happy, you know, you can go to heaven, you, know, he, you can come and worship. No, that's not your reason why God saved you. God saved you and me, all of us, for this important purpose of fulfilling the Great commission because there are many out there who still do not know the love of christ there are many out there who are still living in a world of darkness and so the challenge for us that for us to be ready we must live obediently in wanting to fulfill this great commission and to help us along as we go into the year 2024 stay tuned we're going to share with you a little bit more maybe next week some of the initiative that we're going to take to encourage you to to help you along all right to do all this that we can learn to live right and that we can learn to live obediently 
So this is my short and simple message as we end the year, as we say goodbye to 2023 and say hello to 2024. Know that all of us, we are saved for a purpose. And the urgency for living out this purpose is because Christ is coming back again. So let us all be ready as we look forward to what God is going to do in our midst. So let's ask the music team to come back up on stage. We're going to close the service. I'm close with a prayer. And now end with the benediction and we'll say grace. And then we can have our celebration and thanksgiving at the end of the service. So let us pray.